here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to the Nine Round Fantasy Football Podcast Playoff Edition. Just finish out uh, what is Super Wild Card Weekend, not just regular Wild Card Weekend, but the it was the Kaiju of Wild Card Weekends, capped off with a Monday Night Football spectacular, and, and it was pretty cool. It was nice, uh, almost like a holiday weekend of sorts, and it was with obviously with Martin Luther King Day, and that is a you know a, a Big time of year for everybody. I know the NBA usually has a pretty heavy slate all day long, but it was nice to have a, a football game on a Monday uh, one last time before we get into the deep dive of the playoffs. Look to touch base with everything else going on in round two of the playoffs. No more bye week. So we're down to our our final eight teams and we're looking forward to maybe making some more calls. Uh, just basics, nothing too deep. We're not doing uh First half over under fumbles in any games or anything crazy like that. <laughs> We're just going to pick teams and over unders and a little bragging rights concepts on that level. Um, Pat, how was your weekend? Obviously, football deep. Um, what what were you up to there? Just watching all the the the, the money piles stack up on your side. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean I I really didn't uh, I didn't dabble too much this weekend and in, in much. I the Chiefs game I was pretty confident on so. I put a little a little down on that game and and hit for a, a decent little decent little amount, but nothing nothing crazy. I ended up honestly helping my wife clean our house for most of the weekend, uh, leading up to some of the games, and then uh, even during that Chiefs game, it got pretty boring after uh, you know after like the second quarter. So watched the game, but but kind of helped out the uh, helped out the old lady as well, and got the got the place tidied up. But uh, it was last a fun about, you got two kids that'll last a week, maybe. Oh, I think it's already <laughs> messy. They're not even home from school yet. But uh, so how how's your weekend go? I know that you worked this weekend. Uh, did you get get a chance to do any uh, you know, uh, wagering, keep, so to speak? I, I did dabble. Um, I did. Uh, obviously, I make made some calls on this, but then once you get into it, you know, you maybe look at some of the props and, and different things like that. Not too bad. You know, I, I I would say throughout the weekend into Monday night, daddy did okay. And, you know, <laughs> I'm kind of, uh, for those of you out there that remember DuckTales, I am swimming through that pool as of right now. Did pretty well this weekend, so I'm hoping to carry on with that. But again, you, you can't, get too, uh, can't get too cocky because, again, some of these matchups just look like whatever on paper and you feel so strongly about them. And then something factors in a guy could get injured mid game referees are getting whistle happy, which <laughs> we saw even in the first round with some of these calls that they made. So uh, it's why it's, it's why it's gambling because there's no guarantees of life except for death and taxes, I believe. And even the taxes you can kind of avoid. So, um, <laughs> so I guess, uh, I guess we could dive right in. So uh, let's jump into them, man. I'm, I'm excited to see, we haven't seen Green Bay or Tennessee yet in these playoffs because they both earned a, a first round bye. So I'm excited to see see Tennessee getting Derrick Henry back. It looks like you know Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, you know, getting into the mix here in the in the NFL playoffs. You ready to jump into this this week's games? I am on the diving board, ready to dive in, <laughs> sir. Yes. Don't pull a Lou Gainis. 
Uh, <laughs> I can't say what I want to say, but I mean, I know you can edit it out. But let's just say, sure, no problem, Pat. <laughs> so the first game of the week is against Cincinnati. This week, though, they're going to travel to Tennessee to take on the number one seed. Every team in the, uh, excuse me, all the, the higher seeds in the AFC won this week. So we got the, the one and four seeds going against each other. For me personally, I think that Cincinnati played okay versus Las Vegas last week, but they're going to need a much better performance this week against a tough playoff-built Tennessee team. They squeaked by Las Vegas with you know, help from that inadvertent whistle on that touchdown to Tyler Boyd. Now, it looked like Boyd was probably going to get open anyway on that play, but it did also, you could see, like if you watch the replay of that, you could see that there some of the Raiders defenders sort of slowed down. One guy even pointed to uh, the, the official that the, the whistle came from. So, you know, there was definitely uh, something off there that, you know, by rule, they, they say that play should have been, you know, basically killed and, and replayed which didn't happen, but, you know, at this point it is what it is. But going up against a Tennessee team that led the league in time of possession was ninth in total plays allowed, the Bengals are really going to have to make sure that they maximize their possessions in this game. They ended up with four field goals in the game against the Raiders. I I do not think that that's going to cut it against Tennessee. I think that if they get four field goals, they're going to end the game with 12 points. And and that's just – I think that's the way that that game's going to be. They're going to have to make sure that they get into the end zone. And against a pretty tough Tennessee defense, Tennessee is second in rushing offense and defense this year. And they're getting back the best running back in the game, obviously, Derrick Henry. Not quite sure exactly how much he's going to play or or how uh, effective he'll be coming off of that, that toe injury. But they're not going to put the guy out there if he can't go. And even without Derrick Henry, the Titans still ran the ball a ton and still ran the ball effectively even after the Henry injury. So I don't see Henry's a great addition to have back, but I don't think that Henry would even really be necessary in this game. I think Deontay Foreman handled himself well. Hilliard handled himself well when he got his opportunities. The, the Titans just, they run block well, they run the ball well, and I think it's going to be a tough day for Cincinnati. The Bengals have actually been pretty stout against the run, but I just I think it's going to be a, a tough task to stop this Tennessee rushing offense. The Bengals, you know, other than the Philadelphia Eagles, who decided to not run the ball at all this weekend, the Tennessee Titans were right there as far as rushing yards on the season, rushing touchdowns. So, uh, again, the Bengals are going to have their work cut out for them. With a week off, getting Derrick Henry back, having A.J. Brown and Julio Jones both healthy for this game, I just cannot see Tennessee losing this game. I, I do think that Cincinnati's defense is going to play well as they have for most of the season. So I'm going to take Tennessee to win the game. I'm going to take Cincinnati with the three and a half that they're getting. And I'm also going to take the under at 47 because I think, like I said, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a defensive battle in this game. How do you feel about this one? I am almost 100% in pure agreement with you, sir. Yeah, Cincinnati, I mean, again, I I didn't get to watch, but just following along as much as I could in in one way, it did. It looked like they jumped out on the Raiders, and then things got slowed down a little bit for them. And uh, for Cincinnati, they are a, a dynamic offense. They're a lot of fun to watch. You have players in their first, second, third year on offense. Uh, Joe Mixon's been there for a little bit longer. 
but this is their first taste of the playoffs. And you had a nice game at home against a weaker opponent who got right down to the end. And, you know, Derek Carr throws that pick. If that goes a different way, we could be talking about a totally different matchup this weekend. So they didn't have it as iced as a lot of some of these other teams did through this weekend. Looking at, again, a, a big factor for me and, and it's with Tennessee as a whole, the time of possession, they were number one in the league this year in time of possession. And that's where, to me, if you control the football, you really do control the game. You're looking at a team that will run the football no matter what. I mean, they'll average 2.6, 2.8, 2.9 yards a carry. They don't care. They want to make sure that they know that you know that they're going to keep pounding on your defense, keep your offense on the field, wear your defense out, and get their points that way. With Henry going out, Derek Henry's still ninth in running back uh, yardage for this season. So think about that. I mean, the guy only played half the season. So God forbid, imagine where they'd be right now if he had not gotten hurt and been there the entire season. I mean, he almost had a thousand yards through through those games when he played, which is just a, a scary thought to, to think of. So if you're getting back Derek Henry at hell, if you're getting him back at 80, 85%, still better than most running backs in the league. Mix in the different players that they had with Dante Foreman and, and, and the like down there that they just kind of kept rotating in to make things happen. That's what they're going to do. They're going to just kind of ground and pound. I am not surprised, again, that we agree. I, I think it's 23-21. I like Bengals getting plus three and a half. 23-21 Titans. Uh, I do like the under in that game as well. And I see Tennessee showing us their big reason why they are the number one seed in the AFC for your first game on Saturday. Uh, there will be a nightcap to Saturday. That will be those plucky San Francisco 49ers rolling into Green Bay to face the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Of course, snow's in the forecast. Why not? It would make for an awesome game. And this is uh, you know mid to late 90s rehash uh, for, for Pat and I when back in the day, yeah, you'd have San Fran, Green Bay, and Dallas going neck and neck against each other to see who's the best team in the conference. So this this harkens back to that. I think Green Bay getting a week off the heel, sit back and figure things out is definitely a plus. Uh, Aaron Rodgers at home is a huge one as well. I believe they are uh, a pretty tough team when it comes to, uh, you know, people trying to sneak into Lambeau and and maybe, you know, try, try to show people who's boss. Uh, it's going to be Green Bay doing that. The Niners, the, the couple questions that they have, I know Fred Warner got banged up and obviously Bosa had a concussion. And I think that that does play into the health and the overall well-being of their defense. You did see them start to wear down a little bit against Dallas. And I think they expended a lot of emotional and physical energy to win that football game. Again, Dallas didn't lay down for them. It, it still was a very uh, hard fought and, and competitive game to say the least. So that being said, uh, I do like the Green Bay Packers. I would probably take the Niners getting five and a half. I, I think that it's still going to be a little bit of a, a closer game on that level. And it's it's to me, it's a, I'll say 21-17 Packers. So obviously the under of 47 and a half to me is a bit of a factor there too. Uh, you know, you'll have your Dr. Dr. Rogers carving everybody up, slicing and dicing, being super efficient. Uh, getting everybody involved as much as possible. Obviously, Devontae Adams and he had that connection, but I don't think the Niners are going to have enough firepower. Uh, so where Jimmy G now has a back injury to go with the thumb, 
just looks like things are are going to fall apart a little bit health wise for the Niners. And again, Green Bay at home, a little too tough. So I like the Packers, but probably take Niners getting five and a half. It'll be a, a good old fashioned NFC playoff matchup. How about yourself, Pat? Yeah, I was actually really impressed with the 49ers last week, holding the number one scoring offense in the league to just 17 points. And I believe if Warner and Bosa are healthy enough to play in this game, they can do the same thing to Green Bay. The biggest injury factor in this game, however, I believe is Jimmy Garoppolo, like you said, with the I think it was a it was like a back shoulder type thing. I'm not really sure exactly, you know, where we haven't seen anything as far as like where the injury is. It's just being reported as a backslash shoulder. If it's a, if it's a throwing side, you know, obviously there's question whether he's going to play or not. I think if he's ready and available and close enough to hundred percent, I think the 49ers are going to hang in this game. Uh, like you said, it's really, really tough to beat Aaron Rodgers in green Bay, especially in the playoffs. But I do think San Francisco can keep this close if Jimmy G is healthy enough to play in this game. Dallas only averaged 3.7 yards on the ground uh, against them last week. But I believe the Packers running backs are actually even better. That one-two combination of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, I think is even better than the Zeke and Tony Pollard combination, if I'm, if I'm being honest. It, it, Green Bay has run the ball extremely well. They haven't run it a lot but are very, very efficient when they run the football. I just think you got those two good running backs, a, a pretty solid defense in Green Bay, who's top 12 against the rush and against the pass. Green Bay also has a plus 13 turnover margin, which is tied for the second best in the league behind only Dallas, which of course is the team that San Francisco beat last week. But you know, with those two running backs, with you know Aaron Rodgers being arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Devontae Adams, probably the best wide receiver in the league, even with the year that Cooper Cup have. I, I still think Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league. I just think Green Bay is poised to win this game. I, I do think the San Fran, again, if everyone's healthy, I do think that they're going to keep it close. I do think that they're going to, you know, it's going to be a, a somewhat similar score to that Dallas game this past weekend. I don't, however, see them beating the Packers. So I'm going to take Green Bay in this one. And reluctantly, I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers with the five and a half because I think it's going to be close. There is a chance that Green Bay blows this one wide open. It's very possible, especially at home. But I'm going to take the under because I think if that ends up being the case, I think either both teams score a decent amount of points, you know, somewhere in that 20 to 21 range. Or if Green Bay gets out to, let's say, a 24 nothing lead something like that and san francisco was forced to throw the ball which is obviously not you know what they want to do offensively i think it could be a, a really bad situation for san francisco but as long as they can run the ball play good defense keep the game close uh, i think that they have a shot in this one but i am going to pick the packers and the under in this one all right moving on to sunday's games we have what i feel is probably going to be the most Interesting game, I should say. I don't want to say most entertaining, but I think this game is, again, one of the games that's the hardest for me to pick. The Rams are a very tough team for me to pick. We got the Rams going into Tampa Bay Sunday at 3 o'clock. The Rams are a three-point underdog in that game. The over-under is at 48.5. Tampa Bay looked dominant last week against Philly, uh, essentially shutting them out until a couple of meaningless touchdowns in the fourth quarter. But Philadelphia was just not 
ready for this game. I don't, I don't think that they had a good game plan. I think that even if they did have a good game plan, they would have come off of it rather quickly with the kind of start that Tampa Bay had. So it was just really difficult for them to really get anything going early in this game. Tom Brady shredded a pretty good Eagles passing defense, and basically they did whatever they wanted for most of the game. I don't think they're going to have such a, an easy go at it this week against L.A., though. The Rams really showed why they're the scariest team in the NFC right now with their 34-11 to 11 drubbing of the Arizona Cardinals on Monday Night Football. They ran the ball well. They passed efficiently. I think Stafford was uh, he was 13, for, 13 out of 17 for 202 and two touchdowns. And they even had a defensive score. So, I mean, all phases of the game were really kicked in for the Rams. I think they're the most complete team in the NFC, offensively, defensively. I think they're the most talented team on both sides of the ball. I think, unfortunately, there are two better quarterbacks in the NFC, and they're going to probably end up facing both of them. But I think that this is what Matthew Stafford was brought to L.A. for. They knew that they had the talent to, like you said earlier, compete for and possibly win a Super Bowl if they had a better quarterback. And, you know, Stafford proved in that game on Monday night that He's everything that they hoped that he would be. He ran the game extremely well, didn't turn the ball over, which is is huge for him because Stafford is definitely known for, uh, you know, being a gunslinger, taking some shots, you know, potentially turning the ball over. I think as long as he keeps that under control in this game, I think the Rams are going to have a pretty good shot at this one. Not to mention the fact that they get Cam Akers back. Now, I know he had been back for a few weeks, but in the, in the week 18 game, he barely touched the ball. They were, you know, really just kind of trying to get him warmed up, but he ran the ball 17 times for 55 yards in this game and actually out-touched Sony Michelle all in all in this game, which I, I was actually surprised about because Michelle had been a pretty good running back for them leading up to, to this playoff run. So I think with the one-two punch that they have in the backfield, as well as obviously Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, Tyler Higby, even Van Jefferson has stepped up uh, in the times that he has had to do that this season. I just think that the Rams are too talented on both sides of the ball. We know that Tom Brady does not like pressure in his face, and the Rams have the guy in Aaron Donald that can push that offensive line back uh, in, into the face of Tom Brady, make him uncomfortable. Not to mention the Bucks could potentially be down one or two offensive linemen in this game after the injuries that happened in, in their game against the Eagles on, on Sunday. So I just think it's a bad, a bad situation. I know that we talked last week and, and you and I, you actually picked the Eagles to win the game. I, I like them to keep it close just due to the fact that Tampa Bay was not coming into that game at full strength. Um, you know, obviously with the running with Leonard Fournette, not playing with, you know, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, not being there anymore. I think that, you know, now that Tampa Bay is, is, suffering more injuries, uh, especially to the offensive line, which is probably the, the biggest thing for them um, with Tom Brady back there. If you can get pressure on Tom Brady, it's been proven that you can beat him. And I think the Rams are just the team to put pressure on him. So I'm picking the Rams straight up in this game. Also taking them obviously with the points. And I like the over in this one at 48 and a half, because I do think that you know both offenses are, are good enough to score points. And I think that uh, this is going to be one of those games where the Rams, you know, maybe squeak it out with the last second field goal, like 31, 28, something in that neighborhood. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying and I, I don't, this is probably the one where we're going to disagree watching the Rams and watching what they did last night. 
they look awesome. Absolutely. Okay, let's get that out of the way. And yes, they're built to compete with an offense that's as high flying as Dallas and and Tampa Bay and Kansas City and Buffalo. Absolutely. The problem for me is that okay, little things like technically short week, you know, Monday night, whatever. Yeah, going into Tampa, going against that Bucks team that offensively and defensively are are really awesome. I mean, again, where we just said about, okay, you know, they, they manhandled the Eagles. They had no business being there and all that. Eagles had one of the best offensive lines in the league all season. And they were, they shredded them uh, defensively. They got most of their boys back, looked obviously pretty good. And the Eagles played into that a little bit. Some of the deeper dive stuff that I looked at as far as, like you just said about pressure and getting Brady, uh, you know, flustered in the pocket. Uh, when it came to the Rams defensively, they were all season. Now they obviously look like they stepped it up yesterday, but it's hard not to when you're playing against a team that missing weapons and you got one of the lollipop kids back there, a quarterback. It, this isn't that guy. This is Tom Brady. So, yeah, you have to, you know, oh, get him off his spot and all that. Yeah. But when it comes to creating pressure, things like that, the Rams are actually like one of the worst teams when it came to that. They got a lot of their defense through interceptions and plays down the field against teams that were gambling, but they were in the bottom 10 of pressure percentage. They were in the bottom 15 or so, 12 or so in, in hurry percentage. And then even blitzing, they, they weren't a heavy, heavy blitz team. They're only about average in the league. They were one of the least to get to the quarterback and, and knocking the quarterback down. This is a revenge game for Tom Brady. We know how he likes to get revenge on people. Earlier this year, uh, week three, uh, when the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went to Los Angeles and Tom Brady threw for 432 yards on 55 attempts, 41 completions, but only one touchdown. Matt Stafford, on the other hand, did have a game 27 to 38, 343, and four touchdowns. Looking back at that game, field goals, they missed one, which would have made it a one-score game. Who knows how that would have played out. The Rams had the ball for a little bit longer, not by much. It was almost an even split. Tampa Bay got beat up by penalties. They had seven penalties for 41 yards, which doesn't help. Other than that, most statistics were fairly the same across the board. The one that did kind of step in a little bit back in the beginning of the year, Tampa nearly didn't run the ball nearly as much as they do now. Obviously, Fournette's a little banged up, but... We saw Keyshawn Vaughn look like an actual NFL running back the other day. So there's that. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'll take it all day that that the Rams are probably the stronger, more healthy. I, I don't even know how to put it. Like, I, I know that they're pretty much right there with them. But at the end of the day, I, I would say that it's going to be Tom Brady and the Bucks, eh, 31 to 30, high scoring over City. Rams still get there with the three points. Uh, I just don't think they're going to have just enough to get past Brady, the Buccaneers, possibly even the referees. You never know uh, nowadays. But yeah, a close one, a barn burner, a Donnie Brook, a Broody Ha, 31-30 Tampa Bay over to Rams this Sunday. You can put that on the board. Finally, we're going to go into our nightcap for Sunday. Well, it's more like a early evening cap, I guess, roughly 6.30 p.m. I'm looking at. Is that yep. true? Mm -hmm. No. Oh, okay. We're getting into that sassy stuff now. Uh, that would be the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Buffalo coming off of throttling the New England Patriots. Kansas City coming off of a beatdown of 
the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're looking at Buffalo getting two and a half points. Chiefs are are the home favorite slightly. Uh, and that's that's kind of a tell a little bit there. And the over-under is 54 and a half. These two games on Sunday look to be basically uh, the dream matchups for, for this league. Two high-powered offenses in one game, two high-powered offenses in the other. Buffalo, what, what they just did and what they've been doing over the last couple of weeks where they kind of circled the wagons. And as we know, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. But all kidding aside, they really have found a way to balance their offense out. Their running game is getting involved, which is completely wiping out defenses, and they have nothing, nothing to do to stop that offense. Josh Allen can run and throw. Devin Singletary has become a legitimate thing. You got Stefan Diggs. You got Dawson Knox. You got Sanders. You got Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie. You have all these guys out there that are just making plays and they're just killing it. And then they're, oh, by the way, their defense is the best in the league. I know Kansas City is a good team and they're, they're a 1A to their one when it comes to the offense. And this is going to be, this is going to be a heavyweight matchup. This is Ali Frazier for this season, to say the least. At the end of the day, the Buffalo Bills are going to win this game and they're going to win it because their defense is going to be a little bit better. But Kansas City's defense has stepped up from what they were at the beginning of the year, but they are going to have no match for this offense whatsoever. I think that the Buffalo Bills, are, you know, they're not going to maybe go as crazy as they did versus the New England Patriots. But looking at this game right now, I am going to call for a 37-34, put it down, Buffalo Bills over to Kansas City Chiefs, 37-34, which would definitely cover that over. Uh, again, these offenses are crazy and the defenses are great, but Buffalo's is better. Kansas City's not going to be able to, to stand up to them, but I will give Kansas City credit for points coming back at the end and, and almost making it a game. But Buffalo, uh, they they look to be a magical team this year, and, and I think they're going to continue their run to the Super Bowl. I completely agree. I picked the Buffalo Bills before the season to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. I had mentioned on one of our previous podcasts about them. We were talking about, I think it was a start sit episode where we were talking about Devin Singletary. And I said that I believe that the bills need to get their running game together and they need to figure it out before the playoffs start, because once the playoffs hit, you're not going to be able to just drop back and throw against everybody, you know, 50 times and, and win playoff games. It's teams are too good in the playoffs to allow that. And the Bills have done that. I mean, they have stuck with one guy, Devin Singletary. They are giving him the ball, get two touchdowns uh, against the Patriots in their game on Saturday. And, I mean, Buffalo looked like, I mean, a complete team finally. Aside from a one-second possession at the end of the first half (laughs) and a minute and 44 seconds that they ran off the clock at the end of the game that they were just basically kneeling the ball. They're the only two drives that the Buffalo Bills had that they did not score touchdowns on. It's it was it was the most impressive offensive playoff game in NFL history. Now, do I see that happen again against Kansas City? I don't. Basically, due to the fact that I do think Kansas City is going to be able to move the ball. I do think that they're going to be able to score. Buffalo's defense is incredible. I just think that you know, obviously, Kansas City's offense is much better than New England's. I think that's going to slow the game down a little bit. But I do see both of these teams being able to put points on the board. 
Kansas City, you know, again, like Tampa Bay, they beat up on a pretty bad seventh seed uh, this past week against the Steelers. Patrick Mahomes was, he did his Mahomian thing, throwing for 400 yards and five touchdowns in that game. I think we all pretty much saw that coming. I mean, I don't know too many people who were picking the Steelers to win that game or even really make it close. We did not, however, see the dismantling of the New England Patriots by the Buffalo Bills, the way that game turned out. That was a a huge surprise to me. I did think the Bills were going to win that game. I didn't think it was going to be by the landslide that it was. They always say it's not the best teams that win the Super Bowl. It's the team that's playing the best at the end of the season. And I think over the past few weeks and leading into this first, you know, wild card weekend, sorry, super wild card weekend. I mean, I don't want to sell it short. I think the Buffalo Bills just they to me, they look like the team to beat in the playoffs, period. I mean, I don't I if if I if the Bills were playing any other team in the playoffs this week coming up, I don't care, Packers, Rams, whoever, Bucks, Tom Brady. I would pick the Buffalo Bills. I think they looked incredible. This is not just based off of the game against New England. It's based off of the fact that they showed up in the biggest spot on both sides of the ball and look like they are on a mission to, to get to and win a Super Bowl. And so I'm taking the Buffalo Bills like you to win this game outright, even though that they're an underdog and I'm taking the over. I have it at 34-31. So uh, also a, a very similar score to what you have. I, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm already going to pick the Bills to win next week. I don't care who they're playing. I just think that they're <laughs> they're that. Well, that'll do it for next week, injury. too, folks. We're, yeah. uh, we're <laughs> unless a major, like if if you know if Josh Allen gets hurt or you know something major happens to where you know the Bills suffer some catastrophic injuries or or something crazy. But at at the pace they're going, I I don't think that there's any team in the league as good on both sides of the ball. As a matter of fact, I think that the teams from each conference that have the most talent on both sides of the ball are both very well coached. And I believe it's the Buffalo bills and the LA Rams. And I I'm just putting it out there. Now they're my picks for, for the playoffs. I, I do a, a play at that playoff challenge on NFL.com. And my lineup is literally stacked with bills and Rams players, because I feel like those are the two teams. I just, it, to me, it feels like that's where this season almost has been heading from the very beginning. And I, and I, I truly believe that's where it's going to end up. Can't say there's any flaws too much in that. Like, yeah, you're looking at two of the most dynamic teams and, you know, league would love that to get Bill's mafia and their fan base going, get the TV market going with the LA, you know, all through the playoffs, obviously the Super Bowl being the game that it is. We'll, we'll wait to see how this weekend goes. You never know. Like you said, injuries could come in and play a factor and, and obviously crush our picks and the hopes and dreams of of those, you know, some of the some of those teams involved in the, of the last eight NFL teams. So it sounds like we pretty much agree on everything except for the Rams Bucks game. You hate the Rams. I will go with the uh, with Tampa Bay. And yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. It's a little bit easier now to see how some of these teams are playing and get into the that final four. I'm excited. Uh, I'm looking forward to divisional playoffs and and then setting the table for conference championships in a week, which we will talk about. Uh, I know with this episode, we're going to have a little something extra, Pat. You want to, you want to mention that? Yeah. So we mentioned last week that we have an interview with a fantasy football analyst that Scott and I both 
respect. And that'll be coming up, you know, right after this, after our picks are done. I'm not going to go into the, the whole intro because I'll introduce him before we, before we get the interview started, but definitely something to stay tuned for. Really funny guy and a really smart fantasy football analyst. So stay tuned for that in the, in the second part of the podcast here. Anything before we sign off for this one? Oh, again, uh, you know, down the road, we're going to continue to go through our playoff matchups. Uh, obviously, the the interview with Jake, we're looking forward to getting that out there for you. He was a great guy to, to talk to and, and uh, you know, kind of pick his brain a little bit to see if we're doing things the right way and and just, you know, what what the whole community is about out there for fantasy football. And then, uh, you know, down the road, we're, we're going to continue on. We're, we'll keep reviewing picks that we made on players through the year, get back into the fantasy side of things, uh, start to look for uh, things to touch base with in the offseason that will factor into some fantasy relevant things down the road. For those of you that are out there right now, I'm sure you're probably already mock drafting away and seeing all the <laughs> 2022 way too early predictions. And the only reason they're way too early is because they have to sprinkle in some of the college talent that's going to fall through in the uh, the upcoming weeks when when the draft happens. And then obviously with free agency and, and possible trades, you'll have some new faces and new places that puts them in, in theory, uh, a much more competitive and, and positive situation for some of those guys that have maybe uh, been sitting behind a player, playing second fiddle, the second or third wide receiver that, that you know has the talent and moves to a different team and a different layout. Suddenly that guy gets uh, a lot more targets and is a lot more involved in an offense, things of that nature. We know there's going to be a quarterback uh, carousel and the coaching moves that are out there that are going to play into how some of these teams uh, address offensive issues that Maybe they had through the season, which is why they had the openings in the first place. Just over the Raiders actually let uh, Mike Mayock, their general manager, the last three seasons, he went goodbye. There's still, you know, a few other shoes that may drop out there, both in the front office and, and in the coaching ranks. And again, a lot of that does play into what happens to these teams in the offseason, player situations, trades, uh, draft picks, and so on. So all that will get touched on. And, and again, Pat and I will, will try to keep you in the loop through the off season. And, and before you know it, it's going to be June, July, and we'll be talking about nice weather and training camps and, uh, you know, things of that nature. So it won't take long. We'll, we'll get you back on the fantasy horse before you know it, but we're, we're enjoying just kind of deep diving into the playoffs and, and, you know, we appreciate everybody out there listening to the podcast. Pat and I are, are trying hard to make it fun and, and entertaining and informative for everyone out there. Hopefully some of these picks make you, uh, uh, you know, let's just say you, you you win the argument with your friends. They are for entertainment purposes only. No real live wagering being done. And uh, beyond that, we'll talk to you next week, folks. So we're super excited to have our first guest ever on the podcast. Uh, I don't know if he knows he's our first guest ever, but I guess he probably does now. He's definitely one of my favorite follows on fantasy football Twitter. He does all kinds of hilarious videos and songs and impressions, uh, everything kind of with a fantasy football twist to it. He's the co-host of Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football and the Ball Blast Football Podcast. He's also a weekly contributor to Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life newsletter. You can follow him on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. We'd like to welcome Jake Trowbridge to the Nine Route. Jake, welcome, man. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks. 
Thanks Welcome for back. having me in. I had no idea that I was your first. I would have prepared a much more grandiose speech, something. I would have brought gifts if I had known, balloons. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's exciting. Well, I didn't want to make it seem like a big deal because I didn't want to make you nervous. I know how camera shy you are, you know, so, uh, you know, we didn't want to we didn't want to take we don't want you to bail on us because you got a little nervous about you know, about being the first. I know how I, I was. I appreciate that. Yeah. Awesome. I'm now I'm terrified, by the way. <laughs> you dropped on me now. Now it's just all uh, it's all downhill from here. Well, here's the good part. See, we don't do anything live. So. Anything that you say that just sounds completely ridiculous, we can just edit out and not, you know, <laughs> post. So you're good there. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, you edit out all my stuff. Come on, man. You've listened to it. You know that most of your stuff doesn't make it. <laughs> oh, well, I listened to some of it. I, I know what I said. <laughs> I repeat myself too much. It's fine. All right, Jake. So again, welcome to the show. Thank you again for joining us. I personally, as far as this goes, I reached out to you uh, on Twitter. You, you know, responded and, and agreed to come on the show. And and again, thank you for that. And uh, I was just really interested in, you know, being someone who has very little to no talent of my own. Uh, people who are talented and and who have uh, ideas and and kind of see things the way you do uh, always interest me. And so I, I wanted to kind of just ask you a couple of questions and and uh, kind of pick your brain a little bit because I, you're, you're really interesting as far as not putting out the, the normal, I don't want to say normal, but the, the more common uh, fantasy football content. You, you like to take things to uh, sort of a, a more of an entertainment level. And, and that's something that I really uh, appreciate about you and something that uh, some things that I wanted to ask you uh, as far as that you know, field goes. So before we get into that, just... Uh, Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, married, kids, anything like that. My name's Jake. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in the Midwest, uh, so I have this Midwestern sensibility uh, of uh, nobody helped me do anything. And also, if I ask you for help, I'm immediately sorry afterwards, and I will pay <laughs> you back 20 kind of thing. Uh, but growing up in the Midwest, so I'm from Iowa originally. Then I hopped across the border to Wisconsin to go to, to school to, to, to obtain my very useful journalism degree, which I, of course, have made an abundant use out of ever since. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing about growing up in the Midwest, I think, in terms of fantasy football, and we were talking before we came on, one of the videos I just made was about trades, you know, sending trade offers. I'm always terrified I'm going to send the worst trade offer. And I think every trade offer I send is garbage because I'm from the Midwest and nothing I send is good enough. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up in Iowa. Uh, I am now married to my lady. We've been together 16 years coming up in February here. Awesome. I uh, just got, got married this year. Finally, we, we took our time getting to this stage. <laughs> that's 15 years to get to this stage, but, but we made it. So that's all, uh, all that matters. We're not a child household. Um, we're, we're just not those people. Uh, we're a pet household. We enjoy pets. So that's kind of where we put uh, our time and energy right. into. And Starter it's why kids. I have time to do stupid things like make videos because I don't have children. <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, kids, pets are all kind of the same. As long as you feed them and keep them alive, most people don't bother you at that point. Yeah, they're like a gremlin, right? That's what I've, that's what I've heard. Can't get them wet. Uh, you can't feed them after a certain hour, but other than that, you're, you're good. 
So how long have you been doing the fantasy football thing? I know, you know, you said you, you went to school, got a degree. Did you sort of always want to get involved in fantasy football or is that something that just kind of fell into your lap? Yeah, God, no, I stumbled into fantasy football. I, uh, so I, I fashioned myself to be a writer of some kind. I was like, all right, I'm just going to, whatever field, whatever subgenre of writing I can get into, that's going to be my goal. And then fantasy football fell into my lap about seven years ago, I, I believe. So my neighbor, my good friend, and the co-host of Drinking Talking Fantasy Football, Dustin Lunt, uh, we've been friends long before we started the podcast. And he and a close group of my buddies had had a, an ongoing home league for quite some time. And I was always interested only in the way that like we go out to the bar and they keep talking about fantasy football. And like, I just had to learn enough to be able to contribute to the conversation and not be bored out of my mind, which is what I did. And then an opening uh, popped up in their league. I was like, all right, let me get in on this action so I can fit in with the group here. Uh, and I've been doing fantasy football ever since. Uh, I started writing about it shortly thereafter. I was like, okay, here's a, here's a niche I can apply this journalism degree to. And then quickly after that, like, ah, I don't want to write anymore. So let me figure out what else I could do in the industry that doesn't involve writing. And then I started the podcast. Me and Dustin started our Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football podcast three years ago. And it's just been, it's been a roller coaster ever since. That's great, man. I, I feel like that seems to be the, not the same path that, that Scott and I took. We've been doing the same league together for, for years, probably since uh, what well, I guess high school, right? Twenty something years now. We've been yeah, I've been drinking football. since high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, as far as doing the podcast, yeah, we're we're kind of on the same page. Which is just something that uh, we decided. You know what? This is this is something that we really enjoy doing, and something that, as far as him and I being good friends and just wanting to keep in touch with each other through you know through the week and. You know, whenever we get together, even in the off season, we talk fantasy football anyway. So we figured, well, you know, why not do it and record it and see if people will listen to us? Who knows? But uh, that's great. Yeah, that's the first step, isn't it? It's just like not even is this something that I want to do or something that I can make a career out of or, or any of that. It's really just will anybody listen to me if I if I do this? And I don't know if it was the same for you guys, but for me, it was like posting that first episode was a little terrifying. So it's like, you know, there could be no response, which is which is fine. But God forbid that there is a response and it's negative. You know, it, I I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> so it was it was kind of nice to be uh, tinkering in abs uh, absurdity, not absurdity, obscurity. What are the I, words? Is some yeah. non-journalism person help me out here. Is that the word I'm looking for? Obscurity? I think. I, I think obscurity is the the common phrase, but I think uh, absurdity probably fits what we do a little bit better. Sure. Yeah, everybody <laughs> thinks you're crazy for being in fantasy football. So, you know, might as well, like you say, the spouses, at least yours is helping you. That's true. She's, she's a helpful cameraman. Uh, she she does uh, some of the legwork. So, yeah, she's uh, she's a good egg. <laughs> Well, again, you finally did marry her. So, again, you know, you guys have a lot going on there. So it's it's good. I mean, it's good when your spouse is. I know Pat's all kidding aside. I know she helps. Uh, she decorated your whole office, got you set up in there. 
Um, you know, mine just kind of grunts and curses at the Eagles games. So, you know, nothing too crazy. We're over here, you know, Philadelphia area. So got to do what you got to do. But no, it is. It's good to have people supporting you. That's one thing, like you said, with getting the ball rolling off the ground. We were nervous. You know, we're good friends. We can talk about it just like we're talking with you right now. Hey, we have something in common, but who the hell is going to listen to us? And, you know, you're putting yourself out there. You don't know if it's going to be crazy after the first week. So. Um, again, we do see that, you know, maybe we have a, sh- a shot, you know, a couple of people, Hey, you guys helped us out, Pat, you just said some guy in, uh, in your work actually listened to our podcast and thanked us for kind of giving them a hand with tips and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it's nice to know, at least there's one listener out there that isn't like <laughs> your kid who's doing, I love you, dad. And here you go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it's all about though. You got somebody, you helped that person with your podcast and that's, you know, that's the, the big crux of it all. So that's pretty cool when you get those kind of responses. Absolutely. So so getting back to, uh, you know, what you do specifically on Twitter with your videos and, and things like that, uh, I'm, I'm curious how you come up with those those ideas for those things. Is it just something that just pops into your head? Or, you know, do you, do you have like a, a brainstorming session where you go through that and and is that just you as far as like this is stuff that I want to put out because I think it's it'll be funny or it'll be interesting or is it sort of like like marketing for your podcast or or what's the what's the deal with it with like behind the like the videos well I mean honestly it's just it, it entertains me like I think it's fun to do that kind of stuff because I'm I'm a man child so I think it's really entertaining to, to play dress up and sing songs in front of a camera. Uh, but, you know, it started initially was like, I think for a lot of people, uh, the pandemic sort of opened up this world of uh, boredom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. what do I do to combat it? And what I did to combat it initially, where all these videos really started from was I just started doing impressions uh, and posting them on Twitter, like go- like little ones you know, like five second impressions. And I post them to Twitter just to kind of like make myself laugh. Mm -hmm. And people seem to respond to it. I was like, okay. And then it kind of kept growing and I had to do more of them. And then for my podcast, I was like, oh, I'll make a video to kind of promote it. Like you were talking about there, Pat, like how can I use this as kind of a marketing tool? So I made sort of a promo video for drinking and talking fantasy football, kind of like a, it's always sunny in Philadelphia parody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you can <laughs> appreciate the filliness at least. And uh, I did my best Charlie Day in- impersonation and just made like a minute long advertisement for the podcast that way. But that wasn't, I didn't think like, oh, now I'm going to, you know, be a marketing dude. I just happened to do it for our podcast and occasionally would keep doing that. And then I don't know, it just started, it blew up. And one day I just, I was going to make it as a video for the podcast. And honestly, I said to myself, I was like, I don't know. We don't have enough viewers for the podcast. I want more people to see it. So I just posted onto my personal Twitter. It was a Beastie Boys music video parody. (laughs) First one of those I'd ever done. Uh, And it was just just a lot of fun to do. It's something different. I don't know if you guys feel this, but I get bogged down with sort of the tedium of fantasy football sometimes. And it feels like everybody's kind of talking about the same thing and People tend to get a little grumpy about fantasy football sometimes. <laughs> I was like, let's break it up a little. So that that was my impetus. And that's still why I do it. Like, let's break up some of this business over here. So which one of your videos, like, is there one that maybe 
I guess, sort of put you on the map, so to speak, as far as, you know, recognition or, or, because I've seen a bunch of them and I think they're all good, but, you know, like where, like, what was the first one that, that sort of, was it that first one that you did or, or was there a, a one that sort of, sort of catapulted you to Twitter stardom? I don't know. I don't know which the first one where it's like, oh, that really unlocked something. Because it's just been, I don't know, it's been a little steady progression of, of uh, people paying more and more attention to it. I think the one that kind of got everybody maybe more on board was a Backstreet Boys parody that I did. <laughs> um, and, you know, because it's the Backstreet Boys. Everybody knows a Backstreet Boys song. Like the, all the other stuff I did was obscure. <laughs> and that one was not like that at all. So I think, uh, you know, it was probably that Backstreet Boys parody video I did. But the other thing people seem to like is I posted a request or like a call out on Twitter. I was like, hey, send me your your league roster and I'll basically make a trash talk video of it as an, a, a celebrity of your choosing. And oh, I thought great. like four people would respond. I was like, well, this will help <laughs> me get through this slow work day. And then like dozens and dozens and dozens of people <laughs> responded and they just kept coming and i kind of opened up a can of worms but that was the thing where people now will still make those requests even though i don't put it out there on twitter for them to do that they still uh yeah, send me dms like hey man could you like rag my my lead mate as bill burr or something <laughs> yeah, try it. yeah i'll give it a shot why not <laughs> uh, that's great man that is uh like I said, I, I, I personally enjoy all, you know, all of your videos, everything that you put out. So I, I do appreciate what you do. If, if uh, not that you probably don't hear this from others, but uh, like I said, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said the, the tedium of fantasy football, I, I, I love fantasy football. And obviously that's the reason that, that Scott and I started this podcast, but you're right. Like I, sometimes I sit down on Monday morning and, you know, I, I get ready to start going through everything and I'm like, Oh man, I got four hours of, you know, combing through <laughs> statistics and, you know, all this. And, and as much as I do love the game and as much as I love doing the podcast, you're right. It, it sometimes can be, uh, it can be, it can be tough at times for sure. But since this is a fantasy football podcast, we do have a few fantasy football questions uh, for you. If you don't mind asking Let's or answering, I should say. So. Um, what do you think is the best or worst call that you've made this season so far as, as far as like, you know, draft this guy, don't draft this guy or, you know, potential trades or whatever. What, what's your, uh, give us your best and your worst. If you, if you can, if you can think of it. I think the best is easy. Cause I have so few of them. My best call <laughs> for this last season. Uh, I was a big Debo Samuel guy coming into the year. I, I believed in him <laughs> over Brandon Ayuk. Uh, and that definitely bore fruit. So I was, uh, I was team Debo. Uh, we had plenty of conversations on our podcast about it. Uh, my, my co-host was actually even higher on him than I was, but uh, I made a, a really nice trade with him in one of my dynasty leagues uh, with a different co-host from the ball, ball blast podcast, uh, sent away a first got Debo and a second back in return. Uh, she's been regretting that ever since. I've been <laughs> loving it ever since. So I think Debo was was my best call for this year. When it comes to the worst, it's just so many options. Uh, I think, though, if I had to pinpoint one, I was really low on Joe Burrow. I was nervous about 
his injury. I was nervous about the offensive line being able to hold up for the entire year. And uh, I was an idiot. I was a fool. Uh, like, he can't throw the ball downfield. It's going to be all dump offs to Tyler Boyd. So wheels up on Tyler Boyd. And then all he did <laughs> for the entire year was chuck these lovely bombs down the field to Jamar Chase, to T. Higgins, and, uh, you know, finished as a top 12 guy, I believe. So pretty, pretty nice. Leagues, I know you just mentioned a couple. How many? I know we have people that listen, and you do too. Some people are just getting into fantasy football. It's uh, it's my first year. I'm you know breaking the ice, or you have somebody who's in. Well, I'm in 25 leagues, and I'm maybe joining another Superflex Dynasty Emperor League, and you know uh, obviously there's everywhere in between. How many leagues are you in right now? And you know, I, I guess on that level just so everybody else that's in them understands it, is it, is it fun or is it more work to try to attend to them all? Obviously being in different podcasts, I'm sure you're automatically locked in on that level. I'm in too many leagues, or I should say I was in too many leagues this last year. I I am not somebody who enjoys the thrill of setting 35 lineups every week. That's never going to be my bag. I don't find that a productive use of my time. And also I just don't have, uh, like a an easy way to do that. Maybe some people have it set up really well where it's almost kind of automatic. Maybe they program them all so they can set them all you know, within 10 minutes or something. I can't do that. I don't have that capability. Uh, I was in 14 this year um, for actual leagues. And then, you know, there's always some best ball for listeners. That's basically you draft early on and then you never have to set a lineup. It automatically chooses the top scoring players from your roster to, to fit in after the fact. It's great. You just get your top scoring players and you never have to look at your lineups. And that's amazing. I recommend doing a lot of those. If you know how to believe. <laughs> the, the Jeff Bezos lineup. Yeah. Where you just set it and forget it. Yeah. You walk away. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I'd be after. And that's what I'm planning to do more this year. Uh, this past year, there was a lot of actual you know, I had to spend time every week with waivers and lineups and all that. And it's it's fine. But, yeah, I typically like to keep it a little bit more trim. Eight or nine leagues sounds good to me. Anything beyond that is just too much. Sure. No, I, I think that's what's, you know, technically, I guess, to say keeping us in business. But um, you do. You run out of, of concepts. You overthink it. Like you said, the Charlie Day with the charts on the board, like you're you're trying to figure out, well, okay, this guy in this league and these totals and these many targets and all that stuff. So, um, I, I, yeah, you just, I think people do tend to maybe bite off more than they can chew, and then it turns into work. Obviously, there could be, um, you know, some some monetary benefits to certain leagues that keeps people involved in them, chasing them down the road. But uh, definitely, I, I had you pay. My, I had over under 15, so I, I was right there with the 14. <laughs> I'm good for that. At least I know I'm good. I'm only in three. I know Pat's in more, so... I try to keep it fun. Uh, is there one in particular that is your, like, you know, obviously you're, you're in as many as you are, but is there one that it, you're maybe your, your original league with your co-host that you're just like, you know what? I don't give a crap about anything else. I got to win this league no matter what. Is there one that really is like your heart? Is it that original league? It is that. And that is, I think that's true for a lot of people. There's something about that initial home league, you know, the one where you've been in for the longest. It may not even be the biggest buy-in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's close, but I don't think it's the biggest buy-in, but it doesn't matter. It's so much of a pride thing when you mm-hmm. know the people that well. And it is, I forego a lot of other, like I will focus on that uh, lineup 
like an insane person. Like, what's that movie with <laughs> Russell Crowe where he's writing on the windows all the time? A Beautiful Mind. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> what I do with that league. I'm like, and it's almost never beneficial, by the way. I always yep. overthink that league. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, I put my heart and soul into that. It annoys me every time. Like, this year, I had posted something on Twitter. I thought I did the best draft of my life in this league. <laughs> um, but it is one of those that weirdly penalizes quarterback. It's crazy. It's like negative mm-hmm. five for an interception, negative three for a fumble, another negative three if it's a recovery, negative three for a sack. Like, all this Oh, yeah. The minutiae. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't I didn't give it enough thought on that part of it. And so now <laughs> I'm tainted for this year. I have like the best other roster I've ever drafted, save for QB. That just screwed me over. And so I'm going to have to live with that forever now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, it's it's funny. Like you say, like you are, our, our original home league that we were in, it's you know, Pat and his three brothers, myself, and, and a ton. It's mostly all family, so it's non, nonstop, like, ball-busting throughout the year. And, and, you know, the draft is, yeah, it's like the big Labor Day party draft that we do and all this stuff. So, yeah, a lot of times, you know, like you say, the other ones, you know, you lose them. You say, ah, eh, maybe even a work league, you're not too sweating. But, yeah, those those originals, those those close-to-homes are the ones that, you you know, you take to the grave, I think, year after year because – uh, you know, you don't want to be the guy in the Waffle House <laughs> sitting there for 24 hours or a chicken suit on the side of the road. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, you know, when it comes to that, I know some of the some of the penalties are getting a little extreme nowadays. That'll be the, you know, the next level. But uh, definitely we, uh, we we hear you on that. As far as leagues go too, like you just talked about best ball. And obviously there's, you know, there's half PPR, which personally I just think is a joke. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I get it. But I, do you have a format that, you know, like you say, is maybe your favorite or, or for somebody who's just getting into it or, or even starting a league that you would say is, hey, you know, we, we think this is like the best way to go. I mean, I know like a one point PPR is now a point like a standard when it comes to leagues and stuff like that. But you're talking dynasty, keeper, super flex. People hear that and they get freaked out. Now, I don't know all that stuff, but uh, what, what's your favorite to play, let alone in your home league or, or just overall? I won't shake a stick at almost any of these league settings. And I think people should play however you want to play. But if I had my druthers, if I had my personal preference going forward, I would only want to play in super flex leagues. Mm-hmm. Like I'm obsessed with the idea of having to start, not having to, but having the option to start two quarterbacks in your league because I actually think it opens up more avenues, especially in dynasty formats. Mm-hmm. I love Dynasty. The home league I mentioned, that's a redraft league. It's one of the only redraft leagues that I still do, um, save for maybe somebody invites me to do a charity league or something that's redraft. Fine. I'll, I'll totally do that. But if I if I had to pick one, it's going to be Dynasty. It's going to be super flex. Quarterbacks are the most important position in football. I still believe that. And so I want that reflected in my league. And I think you know, being able to find two good quarterback options and not just being able to go and get a usable or pretty damn solid quarterback off of the waivers every week and stream that position and just rotate them out. I think there's something to be said for having to kind of plant your flag on these guys in the dynasty leagues. And so I, I definitely enjoy that. But like I said, I, Whoever comes calling with whatever kind of league format, I'm probably going to join. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's like, you know, I'll think about it and you get home. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely jump in that. No, I I, I agree. I know Pat and I would just, well, I did it for the first time. I got into a, a super flex in our home league. I, I've been banging the drum for years because, yeah, it feels like quarterbacks get wasted and they've become a stream option. And, yeah, you, like you said, it's a passing league. It's a quarterback-driven league. And, you, like, we have 12 teams in our league. So th- the top 12, and you got a lot of guys on the fringe that, you know, could make or break certain things, make it more interesting and, and get involved. And, you know, some people are more worried about, oh, let's get rid of kickers. And it's like, who cares? You know, at that point, it's like, yeah, I'd rather just stack the points up. I want to, you know, I want to have like a thousand points to win my league at the end of the season with everything. I don't want to sit there middling around and, and, and just waste it. So, but at the end of the day, you know, um, you know, you get the itch and like you said, ah, it's a, it's a, it's a PPR. How many teams? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll jump in. Yeah. I'll definitely do that. No, I know it, it's the itch. And again, you know, it's, it's guys and gals, it's young and old. And I think everybody uh, has definitely uh, gotten involved in fantasy football to that point where, you know, they'll, they'll learn all the new ones and, you know, you learn stuff new every day when it comes down to it. So uh, I totally agree with you on that. Sure. Yeah. And by the way, if there's people out there listening that say, Oh, I should invite Jake to join my league now that he said that, please don't, <laughs> please don't do that because I'm going to have to accept it and I'm not going to enjoy it about six months after the fact. That's uh, at Jake Trapridge. <laughs> So, uh, so like I said, we didn't, we didn't want to keep you for very long. We really appreciate you coming on the show before we let you go. Is there any, any other spaces that you're on, any other things that you're doing that you, that you want to tell our listeners about that, uh, you know, they can go check out and and find you, uh, in the interwebs. Yeah, I'm hanging around. I'm out there. If you're on Twitter, definitely follow me at Jake Trowbridge. Try and keep it as entertaining for you as I possibly can. And uh, yeah, if you like a silly podcast with drinking in the title, then at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter is your go-to. All right, man. That's that's great. And uh, like I said, I want to thank you again. Uh, thank you 40 times already, but uh, we do really appreciate you coming on the show. And Pat, Scott he said I- he was married already. Come on. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> Hey, how are you at operating a pan, uh, a camera though, Pat? I don't know. There might be some, <laughs> some room here. Well, if you take into consideration that we do nothing on camera on our on our podcast uh, or on our YouTube page yet, um, you can you can see that's where my my skill level is at right about now with uh, with camera work. So, all right, then Scott's right. The wife has it locked up. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll keep you in the bullpen. Keep your arm warm. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thanks, Jake. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. And uh, like I said, we look forward to uh, to more great fantasy football content from you in the future. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. Jake, thanks a lot, man. We'll take it easy. Enjoy yourself. Watch that national title game, pal. Enjoy it. Done and done. <laughs> We'd like to sincerely thank you for listening to the show. You can follow us on Twitter at the Nine Route One and at Scott from Delco. We put out a lot of funny and informative information on there. Our email address, if you'd like to email the show, is the 9routeffb at gmail.com. Make sure to click the little plus wherever you're listening to follow the show. And if you like what we do, please leave us a review. Good luck this week, and we'll be back next week with more fantasy football info to take your team deep here on the 9Route Fantasy Football Podcast.